You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob and Ty Bo. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Ty Bob. You can find me on Twitter at Ty underscore Bob underscore. Uh, you can also find Ty Bo and the show at Bob and Bo Show. Uh, and you can find Mr. Sean at Sheen1440. Uh, this week, yes, hey, let's get it. Uh, let's ride. Uh, this week, the <laughs> Kansas City. <laughs> this week, the Kansas City Chiefs face off against the. Uh, I always want to say San Diego, but it's Los Angeles. Uh, I, it always makes me think of Ron Burgundy uh, signing off with "Fu San Diego." It's <laughs> Fuck you, San Diego. We'll drop it in right here. Uh, and, uh, uh, but no, we take on the Los Angeles Chargers in Arrowhead for the first home game of the season. Not only is it the first game home game of the season, it is the first Amazon Prime only televised game. Now, it will be in local markets in Kansas City, obviously, uh, but for the rest of the nation, you will have to catch it on Amazon Prime. So pay Jeff Bezos and get Amazon Prime just because the NFL said so. Go for you. So, yeah, big game coming up. Heated rivalry. There's going to be an electric matchup. But to kick off, you know, our home opener, we thought we'd start with a Tybo's top five that's extra spicy. Well. I don't necessarily like all my sandwiches spicy, but it's a controversial topic. I got Tybo's top five sandwiches coming at you. And, you know, I'm just going to start off controversial because I have two honorable mentions. One of them is a great tailgate, you know, is a great tailgate meal. The other one's just warm and exactly what you want in a sandwich. <laughs> my two honorable mentions for Tybo's top five sandwiches, we have the calzone. And we have the brat. If a hot dog is a sandwich, a brat is a sandwich. <laughs> and the calzone is covered in bread. So it's a sandwich. Two beautiful creations. And I would probably eat both at a tailgate. You know, if someone offered me a calzone tomorrow while I'm tailgating, hell yeah, I'm going to eat that. How is that calzone? Is a calzone jacked up with pepperoni or? You know what? I'm. And if I'm choosing my ingredients, if I'm not just ordering off a menu, I would go pepperoni, sausage, mushroom. But if I'm just choosing off a menu, I'm probably choosing like a meat lovers or I can't go Supreme because I hate black olives and they always throw black olives in there. But, you know, that aside, I'd love to hear you guys' opinions on my honorable mentions. Um, definitely... Make sure to add him at Bob. <laughs> let him let him know if he's wrong. Or I right. want your reactions. <laughs> Number five. We got a Cubano. The Cuban sandwich is delicious. I love mustard. I love ham. I love pickles. What's not to like about a Cubano? Authentic Cubanos, hard to beat, honestly. And it's not the only time a Cuban sandwich is going to come up on my top five. So just foreshadowing there. But number four, we got a French dip. And the best thing about the French dip is the dip, the jus. 
all the drippings. Give me all that stuff. Beef is delicious, and the shit that drips off beef is also delicious. What do you know? Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. Now, this has to be authentic. You can't go to Subway and get your fix on this, okay? I, I was lucky enough to take a trip to the East Coast, and in a very Italian part of Boston, I had an Italian sub. Salami, capicola, pepperoni. Gabagool? Gabagool. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Oil and vinegar, your choice of veggies, and throw some hot peppers on there if you want to get real authentic because that is amazing. It ruined Subway for me for a very long time. Like I've gone back to Subway because I'm on the run a lot. But East Coast Italian sub, hard, hard to beat. Number three. Top five sandwiches. <laughs> Number two. This is a very this is a personal favorite of mine. I make them homemade all the time. Uh, I bring I bring friends over so they can try it, and I've blown. They them never away. come back. They, that's not true. They <laughs> they take it and they make it at the at their at their own house. Okay, I don't. Is I I originally thought it was a Monte Cristo, and I believe there's versions of a Monte Cristo in America that do have jelly on. But my favorite sandwich outside of my number one, I eat these all the time, is an Elena Rouge. It's Cuban. I had it in a Cuban restaurant for the first time. Ruse is a Hispanic version of the of the name Ruth. So on the menu, really? it was an Elena Ruth. Yes, really, Sean. I'm Never looking at a New York that. Times article about it. <laughs> but it's turkey and cheese with jelly. Now, traditionally, it has strawberry jelly, but I like to mix it up with like blackberry or apricot, any kind of jelly. And it's toasted. Go ahead. Is that just white cheese or any cheese? Uh, Cream cheese, Swiss cheese. I like to switch the cheeses up a little bit, maybe use two different cheeses. Oh, traditionally a white cheese. So, you know, Swiss provolone. Um, cream cheese makes, you know, gives it added element to it, but it's got to be toasted and it's got to be toasted. Well, the cheese got to be dripping off. The jelly's got to be falling all over the place. It's a messy sandwich, but it's absolutely delicious. Now, if you're out there listening, go ahead and try making one of those sandwiches and let Tybo know how you really think about them. Turkey, cheese, and jelly, whatever bread you want. And number one, this is the greatest sandwich of all time. It's my favorite sandwich. I save it for special occasions because if I eat it too much, I'd be fatter than I am. But a Reuben, the Reuben, the classic Reuben is number one. There's something about the combination of the rye bread, the Thousand Island dressing, sauerkraut, the Swiss cheese, and the corned beef. It's just, it's, there's no words to describe. The Reuben is number one. And that is Tybo's top five sandwiches. My opinion, let me know yours. That might be the most controversial Tybo's top five ever created. I hope in so. In the show's history so far. I hope it so. may be the most controversial in the in the history of the show moving forward. 
Because how you don't put a chicken parm sandwich on there and you put some <laughs> shit with jelly on there is beyond me. I don't like chicken parms. They're basic. Make a chicken parm out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably taste pretty good, you know? Uh... well that's tybo's top five a very interesting list make sure to let us know at bob and bo show what your thoughts are maybe what your top five sandwiches are and make sure to let us know the next top five list that you want to hear from tybo whether it's chiefs or just nfl overall related trying elena ruth i please like it's it's amazing if you like if you've ever had if you've ever had a McGriddle from McDonald's, you know the idea of putting savory and sweet together, okay? You just yeah. think outside the box a little bit, all right? That's, That's not their I'll get, slogan. I, I'm fired up. The- <laughs> I'm fired up for this game. Well, before we get too far into our game preview, we have a few injuries to talk about. There is one person who is – uh, already listed as out for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is Harrison Bucker. We did bring in that kicker on the practice squad. I have yet to see him elevated to the game squad. It is possible that the Chiefs, uh, if they do not elevate him, will be running with Justin Reed as the full-time kicker for Thursday's game. Uh, we There were some worries about Trey Smith who had the injury. He was a light practice on Monday and Tuesday. He's listed as questionable. Good news, folks. Trey Smith, full practice on Wednesday. Let's go. Cool. Let's go. We also were worried a little bit about Orlando Brown, who just had a little bit of a knock, not too big. It was a light practice on Monday. Everybody kind of freaked out. Guys, he's been a full practice the last two days. Nothing else. Uh, You go through the rest of the list, like Justin Watson, Juju, uh, Justin Reed, Willie Gay, those guys. Everybody's fine. Pat Mahomes has been practicing all week in a full practice capacity. Everybody's good. The only player who is out as of this moment is Harrison Bucker, uh, and most likely Trey Smith will play. So we'll be fine. Uh, Moving on to the Chargers, uh, two have been listed as out so far. That's Keenan Allen and Donald Parham Jr. Uh, those two have been listed as out. They did not practice any of the three days. Those are are those both receivers or is Parham? Uh, He's a tight end. Parham's a tight end slash receiver. Okay, so two two options for Herbert are sitting. Unfortunately, 100%. I mean it is, a, it is injury related. Sad to say, but you know if I remember good, correctly, good for us. Par- <laughs> Parham was the tight end who went out in one of the games towards the end of last season with that massive head injury. Uh, where he got knocked out and then taken out in the in the uh, stretcher and had to stay in the hospital a few. Oh, months. yes, sir. That was, him. was that against us that though? Was, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I, I it might thought have been. so. I believe was. that was the game against us towards the end of last season. Um. Now, in other news, J.C. Jackson, who is out for Week One, is back. He's listed as questionable. He was a did not practice on Monday with a light practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. It sounds like they are leaning towards playing J.C. Jackson on Thursday night. Uh, so if he does play, expect and eat in any sort of fashion, expect Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to be throwing his way all night and testing out that injury. Other than that, um, Rashawn Slater, Drew Traquil, uh, they will be fine. They were full practices all week. And that is it for your injury report before we get into the game preview. Um, 
with that said, before we get too far in, what are you guys' thoughts immediately just with the injury report? I like what I'm seeing. Uh, sucks to see Keenan Allen and Donald Parham Jr. out, but you know what? That's a lot better for us. Takes a few of his targets away for Herbert, but we look healthy aside from Bucker, but we look pretty healthy. That's always a good thing going into week two. Yeah, I think uh, the Chargers, you know, the reasons why they're probably leaning towards playing J.C. Jackson, they need him. They're going to need all the help they can get in the secondary trying to cover who we got. Um, So I'm I'm just, you know, with McDuffie out, you know, I think everybody's kind of thinking it, you know, how are we, how are the young rookies going to handle just playing against Herbert? Doesn't matter who's who they really trot out there. Like, how are they going to handle that type of quarterback. <clears throat> Good thoughts. Um, now, as we move into the into the preview portion of this show. Uh, in in my mind, there's there's two sides of the ball, uh, but most importantly, our side of the ball. That is most important when it comes into uh, into this game uh, and how effective our offense will be, and that just like every game starts with our offensive line versus their defensive line. Wanted to talk a little bit about last week's game and how it transitions into this week's game. Uh, Last week, the Chargers sacked Derek Carr six times. They had nine QB hits. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa both uh, combined had four and a half sacks and six QB hits. This is going to be a massive, massive test against the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, especially with a couple Knicks that we do have, and seeing that our right tackle position really, in at least fans' mind, isn't solidified with Andrew Wiley there. Um, but this, to think about also, is a game that can and will get Orlando Brown Jr. paid if he plays well. For what sure. your best thoughts on that initially? OB's betting on himself, and this is the type of game to show, like, he made the right decision. Um, Bosa, um, side note, I feel like his brother's falling off a little bit. But Joey Bosa is still, like, one of the elite pass rushers in, in the game, or top tier, mid, mid, middle, upper tier, whatever we want to call it. He's one of the better pass rushers in the game. So if Pat stays clean this game, you know, you, you better bet that, you know, the front office is going to be taking his or taking the consideration to pay him more money, more seriously. <clears throat> yeah. He's going to be facing off against two completely different type of rushers with Leo Mack and Joey Bosa. Uh, they both work well off of each other after we saw last week, especially with Khalil having three sacks out of the four and a half combined. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see our offensive line go up against that, especially the right side. But, I feel how they're coming off to practice this week. They're healthy enough to go out there and give it a try and hold on you know, their own. I do think Andrew Wiley has surprised us in the past, you know, with, with touch, touch, ma- tough matchups um, and, and playing well. Um, but Khalil Mack is just kind of another beast. Different you know? animal. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the things I think it, to, to note, especially from last week's games, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes more specifically. Uh, when you go back and you watch the game tape on him, it's really interesting to to 
see what our weakness was last year. One of the things that we hyped, harped on at the beginning of the season or the beginning of the half of that whole season was Patrick Mahomes dropping way too far deep into the backfield, doing like a nine, 10, 11 step drop. And, and seeing that if you go back and watch, I think it happened like seven or eight times. Yeah. He did the fake drop back. So he did his usual, you know, six, seven step drop. He went to fake to go for an eighth and then he climbed all the way back up into the pocket. That's really playing on a weakness and making it your strength. I thought that was really, really smart by Pat to be able to make those offensive tackles look really good. It's going to be really hard to do that this week with the quality that the Chargers have out there and staying contained. But Pat has also shown through the later portion of last season and through uh, 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 last Sunday's game, uh, his ability to be comfortable in his pocket with his chemistry there and be able to make reads uh, and figure it out before having to uh, move throughout um, to, to the, go on a oh, go ahead. Well, the thing you got to consider about that is, you know, if you get pressure up the middle, you can't do that. So, 100%. you know, our, our interior line is going to have to continue to hold up like as it has been. And there's really only one, no questions on that interior offensive line as well. When you look across the board at Tooney, I mean, basically three guys who probably should have had all pro status last year, um, you know, just realistically. Um, you, you, had, you had noted, Tybo, uh, that, that you feel, just as a side note, that uh, that Nick Bosa had kind of fallen off and that kind of plays along with like, look at what happened with Kansas city last year. And, and Chris Jones, Chris Jones had fallen off kind of the last couple of years. And there have been trade rumors over the off season um, that we're going to get rid of him and he won't be a part of the Kansas city chiefs organization by next season um, just for the fact of his contract and whatnot. But you see what happens when you actually put guys that at least work hard around him and take up those gaps I'm going to say it at uh, George Karloftis. He works hard. He takes up gaps. He takes a blocker off of Karloftis. You bring in Nadi, Colin Saunders, um, and and even a guy like Mike Dana, who are able to take uh, blockers away from him. Uh, even if he has to fight through a double team, it's not a triple team, and it's not every single play. And so I think that's that's part of of Nick Nick Bosa's portion, but also why Kansas City's defensive line will be top five this year, like like I had mentioned in the last pod. <clears throat> That's a stretch. <laughs> Good well, <laughs> so another thing to watch about in this game, and just know that last week, Travis Kelsey's matchup has now, is now on IR. Isaiah Simmons got beat up so bad that the Arizona Cardinals put him on the injury reserve. I don't even know what happened to him, but <laughs> not a clue. This week's matchup is going to be a little bit different. And Derwin James, his presence is going to be felt on the field. His primary matchup is going to be Travis Kelsey. So, number one, we're going to look at that matchup and see who's going to win. You know, historically, I don't know how many times they played each other, but I know um, one of the games last season before Derwin got hurt, Travis Kelsey was shut down in the first half. When Derwin got hurt, Travis Kelsey blew up in the second quarter or the second half for like almost 10 catches or something like that. So we have to focus on that matchup, see how it turns out. But outside of that matchup, who on the offense is going to step up? Who Juju, MVS, Sky Moore, you know, Jody Fortson, who's going to step up on the offense? Who's going to help T 
take the pressure off Travis Kelsey and, you know, give, give Pat the outlet that he, that he normally has in Travis Kelsey, who's going to be blanketed tomorrow. I see McColl coming into that role pretty big tomorrow or uh, MVS. I think those two guys have something to prove right now. MVS, I feel, will be get forgotten a little bit just because of McColl's speed out there and what he's shown against the Chargers in the past. And Juju's, with the way they played last week, they're going to focus on him now, seeing he got all those targets. Pat's looking for him all day right now. So, Yeah, I'd agree. I think Travis, by the end of the game, will get his share of the yards and catches that he needs to get um, just for being that guy. Uh, but Derwin James does know how to blanket him, and really all elite receivers are tight ends. Uh, that guy is good, and for as young as he is, uh, it was good to see him be able to get paid over the offseason. Um, I th- agree with you, Sean. I think McColl is going to be the unsung hero uh, uh, this game. I see a lot of people on Twitter calling him out for not being able to keep speed and track the ball well. Uh, guys, it's just like it, it, it's week one. Pat admitted yeah. he missed him on those throws. Missed him on both those. It's not like you go back and watch the film. Like I'm trying to find where the slowdown actually happens when tracking the ball. And I just don't see it. Like the speed, if there is a drop off in speed, it's not visible to the human eye. Like it, 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 or, or realistically in a game sense, like that's just, it's just not possible. They're going to get it going. And just like Tybo said, like Pat said that he missed him. He owes him two. He's going to get him two. Yeah. And, and while I think he's going to be a bigger because of what Pat said in that instance, I think he's going to be have a bigger role in this game than he did last week. Um, you know, I I don't know if if it's going to be either MVS or, or McColl that's the the consistent guy. You know, Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith Schuster, you know, both had well, Travis had ten catches on more targets than that, and Juju had six or seven. Um, like, so the guy that he's going to go to more consistently, like I feel like MVS and McColl, you know, they, they top out at around five to six targets, you know, who's going to get, who's going to get 10 targets when Travis Kelsey's being blanket, you know? And I think, I think it's going to be like the guy, the guys that I listed, I think like Juju, Sky Moore, Jody Fortson, I think it's going to be somewhere in there, in my opinion, just because those are the guys that are going to run shorter routes for Pat. And they're like, it, it's it's almost like our version of a check down. Like when Pat's in trouble, he throws to Travis, you know, like who's, who's going to take that role when, you know, Travis Kelsey and Derwin are going at it. Yeah. To go ahead and switch up to defense a little bit. I'm looking forward to the secondary coming into the first primetime game of the year for them. And the first, game at Arrowhead for these rookies. It's going to be interesting to see what they have out there. Uh, no Trent McDuffie this this game for, no, for the next few games, but I'm excited to see what Juan Thornhill can uh, continue what he has been doing back there for this for this one week and see if he can uh, be, be the leader back there still. I think defensively, one guy I'm going to be looking for this week is going to be 100% Willie Gay. I don't think there's a question about it. The way he's going to be able to cover and um, I think he is going to be the running back spy primarily all game, especially with, with Parham being out. So that takes away their tight end weapon. 
Uh, I think he is going to be the guy to follow around um, uh, Eckler and Roundtree and whoever else they decide to bring in. Uh, it's mainly going to be Eckler, uh, but he's going to be following and plugging holes left and right. Uh, I, I feel like that dynamic of the game is going to be 100% dependent on how Willie Gay decides to show out uh, come tomorrow, Thursday. Justin Herbert showed some pretty good chemistry with Gerald Everett already. He's a, he's a new addition tied in for them over the offseason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Willie, I mean, I feel like Nick Bolton has uh, set his precedent. We know what we're getting with Nick Bolton. He's, he's, he's there to tackle. He's there to fly around. Um, Willie Gay, while he's, a, while he's a great linebacker, like his impact plays kind of come in spurts, I feel like. Um, when he's really feeling it, like he's making a lot of plays in that, in, in that game. Um, so he's, he's, I think, I think he's a good one to highlight, um, on this defense for tomorrow. Um, but I think we're going to give Justin Herbert more of a challenge than he's expecting. Um, this, even with those rookies that are going to be in, in the secondary, this unit, uh, showed out last week and have just the energy and confidence and swagger to kind of carry on into this game. And it's it's going to be an arrowhead. We always we're always loud for the boys, and you know, Justin Herbert's going to be a little bit shaken up. Yeah, speaking of Justin Herbert, uh, in the past two years that he's he's been in the league, he is two and two against the Chiefs, but he is one and two whenever Mahomes plays. So, not good for him. Great for us. Love seeing that. He's about to be one and three. One of the other cool things that I saw from CBS Sports, uh, the most passing yards in the first 33 games of their career. Patrick Mahomes is obviously number one with 9,925. In second place is Justin Herbert with 9,629. Not much separates them. Uh, that's probably like a game, I would say. Um Funny enough, doesn't doesn't need to be said, but in third place it is Kurt Warner with nine thousand three hundred and eighty five. <laughs> Good for him, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Also playing <laughs> in, playing into the, like the into the uh, into his career later than most guys did uh, and do uh, at that time. Obviously, um, does Kurt Warner have a jacket? Kurt Warner does have a jacket. Much deserved. Um, with that said, what are you guys expecting to see? from this Chargers offense and how many fits how 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 yeah how many fits is it going to give the Kansas City Chiefs I feel like there's going to be a few times where they're going to be going down the field and just driving very well uh we know Brandon Staley loves going for it on fourth down so they're going to be in fourth and short a few times probably get it pick it up every once in a while but they're they're going to be trying to score points against us all night. And I feel like it's going to be a decently high scoring game for the most part. And, you know, I'm expecting, I'm expecting him to go for it a lot on fourth down, but I'm expecting that to kind of bite him in the ass. You know, I don't know if it's fully caught up with him yet, but you know, you can only, you can only make that decision so many times and the law of averages or whatever you want to call it, it's going to catch up to you. Like you're not going to make it every single time you go on fourth down. And I think historically going forward on fourth down and two point conversions, the chargers have a fairly good history with us, like in, in recent years. Um, so 
I'm expecting us to kind of shock them a little bit. I bet the I bet the Chargers offense gets a little panicky. Um, I'm expecting um, the I'm expecting the opposite out of the Chargers offense that I want to see out of the Chiefs offense. I bet they're going to throw fifty to sixty passes. I bet Justin Herbert's going to be running around all day, um, trying to trying to make plays, um, and he's he's shown that he can do that um, a lot of the time. So I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. Um, but we know the right side of that offensive line still isn't great. Um, and you know, Chris Jones moves around a lot, but a lot of the times he's over the right guard and that's giving the right tackle one-on-one with whoever we put over there. I have a feeling that, or I hope that Spagnuolo is going to switch it up and it's not going to be the same guy every time. So their right tackle is getting different looks. Um, so I expect pressure on Herbert, but I also expect him to make some plays. So he's throwing against rookies in that secondary, and he's going to find some way to um, eat him up. You know, one, one thing that I heard you say, which is very interesting, uh, Herbert's going to throw 50 or more passes, um, which is really um, difficult for me to see in my eyes just specifically for the fact that in the game against the 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 Cardinals, the Chiefs only ran like 66 plays. I believe it was like 30, 39 passes, 27 rushes, somewhere in there, right? Um, for, for the Chargers to be able to have 55 passing plays, not including that they have to get Eckler touches uh, and rushes and their other backs, that means that they're going to have the ball quite a bit. The Chiefs are also going to have to have the ball quite a bit, and there's not going to be a whole lot of defense being played there. Um, do you guys see this being a high-scoring game? And how, you know, you've told me, you know, 50-plus uh, uh, passes for Herbert. How do you see the balanced play calling going for the Chiefs again this week, seeing as it was primarily – Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty balanced last week against the Cardinals. I see it pretty, uh, pretty balanced for us. I mean, like I said in the last time, we had one drive over eleven plays. I feel like no matter what, it's going to be either we, the teams are going to score fast, or it's going to be a really balanced out drive that kind of ends up in a field goal or something. Yeah, and. In those high in high scoring affairs, there's going to be more plays. You know, like week one, um, Joe Flacco threw 59 passes. You know, it, when you get down early, um, a lot of teams panic, throw the script out the window, and it's like we got to get this, we got to get this back now. We're going to throw the ball. Um, so that's that's just kind of what I what I meant by like he could he's probably going to throw over 50 passes. Like I expect us to start out strong like we usually do. Um, score one or more touchdowns in the first quarter, and the Chargers are going to be like, "Oh shit, we got to catch up." Yep. Um, so, but I I don't expect our offensive attack to be much different than last than last week. Like I said, what I want to see is about a minimum of a third of the plays being running plays, as long as we keep it established, and then the rest of them passing plays. So thirty to forty percent of the run, of running plays, and then primarily, you know, two thirds of the time we're passing the ball. Cause that's what we're good at. Right. You know, I know the, I know the big boys up front love to eat, but we got the best quarterback of the game. You can't not let him throw the ball. So. One of the things that I did harp on in our post game show uh, for, for chiefs Cardinals was 
uh, the conversion rates for first downs on first, second, third, and fourth. I think one of the things, obviously, we played the Cardinals. We're going to be facing a much better opponent come come Thursday night. But um, looking at that same chart, while the Chiefs were first in basically every every category, but first in in uh, conversion rate overall, the Chargers were twelfth. They completed. That's interesting to me. Now this is against the Raiders, obviously a little bit better team, a little bit better defense than the Cardinals. Uh, but just to run through those very quickly with you, the Chargers converted a first down on first down 8% of the time. That jumps up to 44% of the time on second down and 72% of the time on third down. They did not go for it on fourth down uh, during week one. Was this just considering like this year's week one? I thought this was like... Just, that's just this year's week one. Oh. So NFL like the week Chiefs one stats- of the 2022 season. The chief stats you were talking about last week which was just this was year's just, week one. Was just yeah. this year's week one. So uh, to reiterate was, that, it was, was Chiefs. misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That, uh, to reiterate the 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 uh, first down conversion rates for the Chiefs in week one against the Cardinals, 31% of the time on first down, 72% on second, 86% on third, and 89% on fourth. It's a pretty big gap between the two teams. But given um, the the difference in competitiveness yeah. between the two teams that were played, <laughs> do you see the Chiefs still being able to convert their first down, uh, uh, convert first downs uh, the same way that they did against the Cardinals? And do you expect the Chargers to still struggle a little bit, or do you expect that to pick up a little bit against the Chiefs? So we're, I mean, the Chargers have a better defense than the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to have a little bit tougher time, but with the the level of talent that we have, our guys up front, I don't think it's going to be that much different. Um, and and funny enough, we were playing the team that Chandler Jones left, and the Chargers were playing the the, the team that Chandler Jones ended up with. And you know, he's he's kind of a difference maker um, for sure, <laughs> um, and that's why we saw as much success as we did. Um, against the Arizona Cardinals, but the, you know, I think just the, I, I think the rivalry between the Chargers and the Chiefs since Herbert's been here, all they talk about is Herbert and Mahomes. I think that's a little bit more heated than Chargers Raiders, and I know all that, you know, drama that happened with the Raiders and the Chargers in the last game last season, but I, I feel like the Chargers play us better than almost anybody the the chargers play us very well every time they play us and i think herbert just gets a little bit more up for these games yeah uh i feel like with the pass rushers that the chargers have we will not see as much blitzing from the chargers we will see a lot more four-man rush and them dropping seven so that'll be a little bit harder for us to pick up with uh with all the conversions right there but this is the premier matchup in the afc west the afc for the next 10 years to come at least like every time these two teams play it is tune in football both teams get up for it both teams love to be beat each other herbert's always ready to go patrick's ready to be petty again like what more could you want from this 
no doubt. Yeah, it's a very fitting matchup for all the the hype that it's getting on like Amazon and stuff like that. The NFL knew what it was doing. Oh, hundred percent, no question about it. Well, boys, is there anything else that you would like to cover before we get into our pick'em and scores uh, for Kansas City Chiefs versus Los Angeles Chargers? Jody Fortson stays 100% receiving and gets another <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, we're going to have a new to the Chiefs receiver get a touchdown for the first time this week. Who is it? Call okay, him out. So, like, Juju, MBS. I'm going Juju. Skymore. Going Juju. I like it. All Juju. I like it. I like it. I'm going to say, for me, I'm going to say it's going to be Justin Watson. Oh, I like that. Justin Watson gets a touchdown oh this week. <laughs> Dude's trying to get a bag. He's trying to show the world that Patrick's <laughs> better than Brady because he couldn't do it with Brady, but he can do it with Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, if nothing else, give me your quick synopsis of how you think the game is going to go and give me your score. I think we'll get up big, fast. Chargers will make it close by halftime. We really take a big lead in the third quarter. Really don't look back after that. Uh, late fourth quarter, Chargers start coming back, make it close at the end. Final score, 38-31 Chiefs. 38-31, huh? This game, because all the NFL ever does is outdo itself, right? All the records that get set get broken. Okay. This is going to go down as one of the greatest football games that has ever been played, a la Rams Chiefs from Ooh. Uh, the 2018 season. Without Keenan? Without Keenan. Because just, Justin Herbert's good, man. Like, yeah, he no is doubt. good. Yeah. And, like, I, I, you know, defense is going to score probably on both sides. You know, like, I'm leaving, you know, the possibility open that, you know, Khalil Mack might get a strip sack. Okay. Like, He's good. That guy's good at football, too. Okay? The Chargers have some guys that are good at football. But hear me out. 55-49. Chiefs. Holy cow. You mean really high scoring. That's why you're saying 55 passes. It would be beautiful. 55-49. It would be beautiful. Chargers score all touchdowns, but we... We sneak some field goals in there at opportune times. I, I you really would some hate points to see before that. the half. You would hate that, to see it. I, that's not a good look on our defense, man. That means we weren't getting enough pressure. The guys weren't locking up in in, in the backfield. Willie Gay's not plugging up holes and being able to cover Austin Eckler. We got that's time. Yeah, two, but sometimes two rookies that are going to be like getting a lot of playing time. Sometimes you, if well, you get three shootouts. If you get into a shootout, it's a shootout no matter what happens. It's a shootout. The defense can do whatever. That's the fair. game is just a shootout then. That's fair. I think it's going to be a little bit more tactical. I think teams are going to have a little bit more difficult time scoring, uh, especially Herbert without uh, Keenan Allen. Like, obviously, Herbert's good. There's no question about it. But I think the team as a whole is less effective when you remove him from the equation, especially now that you're also losing another guy in, in, in Parham. Uh, who's a big portion of that offense. Um, I am going to have to give it to the Chiefs. We've got three winners for the Chiefs. Um, give me a score of 33 to 24. 
All right. I like that. Not bad. Not bad. It's, it's going to be a hell of a game, but number one, most of all, the it's very vanilla. Chiefs. It will be. It's beginning of the season. <laughs> we uh, just scored 44 points against a really bad defense. If you're a betting person, to be 100% honest, I'm seeing the line at four and a half. Take, take the under on the 54 points over under and maybe take the Chargers <laughs> on being able to cover four and a half. It's gonna be it's gonna be really close. I think it's gonna be a, a very close and very good game. And this My man is telling you to take the under at fifty four, and his total is fifty seven points. Yeah. Fade him. I no, 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 I know, no, 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 I know. Trust me. See, I sat here and I had to think about it because I thought maybe the Chiefs score. I re, I went back and forth. I thought maybe Fade we him. score like twenty seven to to like twenty three. Uh, is, is where I originally had it at, but I just don't see the Chiefs scoring that little, but I could see the Chargers scoring a little less than than what I had given them at uh, at 33. Uh, what I give them, 24? Yeah. <laughs> Fade me. I'll still win my parlays. With that said, everyone, we uh, thank you for listening. Do not forget to check out our NFL show that'll come out shortly after this one if you're listening uh to that first you've come to this one we thank you for listening to them both uh make sure to check out our shows that will come out for the post game uh, at the beginning of next week and most importantly go, Chiefs. go, go Chiefs. Chiefs.